Warning, this week's podcast is family-friendly. If you're not a family, hopefully you are friendly. You are listening to the Literary Comedy Podcast. Stories of comedy, tragedy, and time. This week's episode is Chapter 3 of A Dragon for George. There was a Chapter 1 and a Chapter 2. If you have not already listened to Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, listen to Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. They're really good, if I do say so myself. I'm learning to do lots of different voices. I'm getting better at it. If you just want a quick synopsis, Chapter 1, George finds an egg in the forest, brings it home on the off chance his older brother Max wanted him to. Chapter 2, the egg hatches. Lots of other stuff happens, too. Without further ado, Chapter 3 of A Dragon for George. George stared into the dragon hatchling's eyes, which stared back at him. Life shone from those eyes. Possibilities. Those eyes were the gust of wind in the forest. They were the hope that warmed George's heart. Dragons don't exist in our world. Yet here was a dragon. Perhaps the damsel brought the egg from some other world. Perhaps the horsemen with their fantastical clothing and speech came from that world too. George had always hoped there might be a secret world beyond this one. A world where things are as they should be. A world where the bad guys lose and the good guys win. A world with dragons, damsels, squires, and knights. A world where he could see Max again. George had almost given up hope for such a place, but it must be more than coincidence that this creature would enter George's life so soon after his brother had left it. Max? George asked. The hatchling cocked its head as if it were straining to understand. It's me. George pointed to himself. It's George! The hatchling opened its mouth as if to speak. George feared his beating heart might drown out whatever the creature might say. The hatchling burped, loudly, proudly, and long. The sort of burp you think might never end. George laughed. Max might have done something like that. The hatchling farted. George laughed harder. Max might have done that, too. The hatchling flicked its forked tongue like a snake smelling the air. Max would not have done that. As a person. But as a dragon? Maybe. The door to the stables opened. George quieted down, whispering for the dragon hatchling to do the same. The creature licked slime off its right wing. As you can see, we have horses that would be perfect for both you and your little ones, said Jack. Still seems awfully expensive, said a woman's voice. To be more precise, a customer's voice. To be more precise, still, the first real customer they'd had in over a week's voice. Think of it as an investment in future memories, said Jack. A ride through Dorman's Hollow is like nothing else. The surrounding landscape is filled with forests and glens. If you upgrade to the full day package, you'll be able to make it to Willoughby Castle and back again. They don't do tours there, though, do they? said a man's voice. The lack of tours is part of the experience, said Jack. The castle's owner is the famously reclusive Corwin J. Willoughby. Maybe you'll spot him in a window, or if you're really lucky, wandering the grounds behind the walls. It'll make a great story at parties. 
Max had taken George to that castle dozens of times, though it took over two hours to hike there. They'd never caught a glimpse of anyone, except the gardener. When Max died, George swore he would never return until he felt worthy. The hatchling burped again. George gave a sharp look. We'll get in trouble, he whispered. You have to stop. The hatchling flicked the air with its tongue, raising its head, proud of the terrible smell it had created. The horses sure burp loud, said a kid's voice. Horses can't burp, said Jack. George detected suspicion in his voice. It must be farting then, said the kid. Yes, said Jack, turning off the suspicion and turning on the superficial charm of a salesman. They have a healthy diet filled with hay and other roughage. Flatulence is a sign of health. The hatchling burped louder this time. They sure are healthy, said the woman's voice. They're getting suspicious, George whispered to the dragon. If they find you, someone will take you away. Please, Max, if you're in there, hold the next one in. The hatchling burped so loudly it made George's ears ring. It came from the far stable, said the man's voice. That horse must be the healthiest, said the woman's voice. I think I'd like to ride her. Stay here, George whispered to the hatchling, which rubbed its nose, apparently oblivious to the trouble it was causing. Or maybe it found the trouble funny, but wasn't letting on. That would be just like Max. George opened the stall's gate, turning back to the hatchling, which, trying to step towards him, fell onto its face, still too weak for such adventures. Then it burped again. That was me! said George, closing the gate behind him. He smiled sheepishly at Jack and the customers, who were dressed in stylish jeans and expensive boots, decorated with finely stitched scenes of horses and cattle. A waste, George thought, for things meant to keep the muck from your feet. This is George, said Jack. He works here, though not as much as he ought to. I'm not feeling well, George said. I didn't want to bother anyone with it. That's why I hid in the empty stall. The hatchling burped again, so George opened his mouth. He then put his hand to his belly and pinched his face into a sickly grimace. You should get that checked out, said the man, wearing a ridiculous black jean jacket with frills. I'll be right as can be after a little lie down, said George. He eyed the stall where the baby dragon worked its way across the straw. George turned back to the customers. Don't worry about me. I hope you enjoy your day in the country. I recommend riding Galahad, Egrain, and Bob. They can be quite fond of new people. Excellent point, said Jack, directing the customers toward the other horses. I'll have my lie down now, said George, noticing the dragon crawling under the gate. And then get the sweeping done. George stepped in front of the baby dragon as it burped. Jack leaned into George and whispered, your burps stink. I'd tell you to light a match if this whole place weren't made of wood and straw. As Jack turned away, George looked down at the little dragon, opening its mouth to burp again. It occurred to George that those burps might be what baby dragons did in preparation for something a little more explosive. Not that the burps weren't explosive in their own right. Puppies open their mouths at things that upset them before they know that they can bark. Dragons might burp at such things before they know that they can breathe fire. As Jack put the customers onto their horses, George scooped up the dragon into his hand, leaving by the small rear door. 
George sat himself down at a safe distance from the stables, thinking up places he might keep a very gaseous pet that was also quite probably flammable. The farmhouse was made of wood. The garage was filled with combustibles. While the workshop was made of concrete, Jack would be heading there soon to work on his bridle. George's mom had an array of mason jars. George could put holes in the top for air, but the dragon was already too big for most of them. George remembered an old fishbowl of Max's that would be perfect. It was more than big enough for the hatchling dragon and had a sliding glass lid that could provide air without letting too many flames escape. Of course, retrieving it meant sneaking into his brother's room again. Inside the flammable farmhouse, with a dragon, George would just have to risk it and hope that he could get the bowl out before his parents caught him and before the dragon learned how to breathe fire. George entered through the side door, looking over at his parents who sat on the couch in the living room, watching one of his mum's crime scene shows. George held the dragon behind him so they wouldn't see. He was careful to step only on the edges of each stair so they wouldn't squeak. The dragon belched. Excuse yourself, said his dad, but neither parent turned away from the television. Sorry, said George, running up the rest of the stairs and into Max's bedroom. Sneaking was pointless now. George walked straight to the closet, grabbed the fishbowl, and was out of the room before his parents could tell him not to go in. He went into his own bedroom, shutting the door. George sat down on his bed, placing the fishbowl between his legs. He kept his back to the door, so as to shield both dragon and bowl from view in case one of his parents burst in. Holding the dragon in the palm of his left hand, George explained, I'm gonna put you in here. I'm not sure that you'll like it, but it'll have to do until I can find a better way to keep you from burning everything down. George put his hand into the bowl, but the dragon squeezed on tight to his fingers, not letting go. I don't like it either, George said, unable to shake the baby dragon loose. He put his other hand in the bowl, managing to pry off one of the claws, but the dragon wrapped its tail around his wrist, squeezing tight. Someone pounded on the door. I'm naked, George said, trying to free his wrist. Don't come in! You went into Max's room again, said his father from the hallway. That's the last time, said George. I, I promise. You bet it is, said his father. You're confined to your room except for meals, chores, and, you know, the thing I'm not even going to mention. Okay, said George, who would prefer to stay in his room at this juncture, provided no one else joined him. Who are you talking to in there, his father said. Just myself, said George, trying to pull his hands loose. The dragon screeched and then burped, tightening its grip. I'm not feeling very well. What's wrong with you, said his father. I, just a bit of an upset stomach, George said, managing to free his left hand. Or rather, the dragon had chosen to release this hand for its own purposes, which were to use its tail to swing itself free of the bowl and onto George's face. Do you feel faint, said his father. Maybe I should come in there. I, no, it's just my stomach, said George pulling the dragon off his face. But I'm pretty sure it's contagious. Don't think this gets you out of your grounding, said his father. I don't, said George, pinning the dragon to the bed. He picked up the bowl with his other hand, turned it over, and lowered it onto the dragon, which he simultaneously unpinned. The creature clung to George's duvet, but George slid the fishbowl's lid, forcing the dragon to let go of the bedding. 
George righted the bowl and the dragon fell to the bottom. It scratched against the side frantically, trying to climb up, but the glass was too smooth for it to get a grip. It flapped its wings rapidly, but couldn't get any lift, and with the lid shut, it had nowhere to go. It looked up at George, sadly chirping at him. This is temporary, said George, opening the lid a tenth of the way, latching it in place. He figured that this would give the dragon enough air, but any flames it happened to aim through would be too small to burn anything down. That was his hope, anyway. You understand, don't you? George asked the dragon. I, I can't have you burning the place down while I figure out what to do with you. The dragon turned away from George, curling up and closing its eyes peacefully. You understand, George said, trying to convince himself, at least. He gently placed the fishbowl behind the far side of his bed, out of sight from the doorway. George's parents rarely ventured any farther into his bedroom than that. Thank you for listening to Chapter 3 of A Dragon for George. Tune in next week for Chapter 4. Till then, if you liked the show, please let other people know. Write a review. Give a like if such things are possible. Or a happy little heart. Round up with the stars. It's always it's not, Rounding up is an is a optimist's way of doing things. Hope that you listen again next week or next episode. If you've saved them all up, listen to like 10 in a row. You're binge listening. Maybe next week will be in... Th- 10 seconds from now. Until then, take care.